What would we do, baby, without us? Shalala. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of Alex P. Keaton is my friend. I'm your friend, Phil Vecchio. And tonight we'll be talking about episode six of Family Ties titled Big Brothers Watching. This originally aired on the 17th of November in 1982. And with me tonight is our, our special guest for the episode, Jeff Edwards. How's it going? Hey, everybody. I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, Jeff and I go way back. We've been uh, friends since college. Pushing 19 years, something like that. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Long time. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> um, let's see. Jeff has worked on, uh, we worked on movies together um, in college. Yeah. Done movie stuff and uh, mostly hang out, yeah. hanging out and watching movies and TV shows. <laughs> and uh, we're out here. Actually, we came um, on our Thanksgiving break out here to Arizona to visit you guys. So mm-hmm. it's cool to be here in your new home state. Yeah. It's awesome. And this is a pretty snazzy uh, hotel you're staying in. Yeah. Yeah. We're on location here. And uh, it's nice. We got water park. It's been raining though, which is weird. Yeah, because you come to Arizona and you don't you, expect like rain, right? But you guys have been at the water park pretty much every day. Pretty much every day, yeah. <laughs> so, Sha-la-la-la. yeah. So it's been uh, it's been pretty good. Well, if uh, if you would be so kind, just tell us a little bit about yourself and your history with Family Ties. Do you remember watching it when it first aired, or tell us about that? Yeah, so I remember it. Um, obviously, I remember more in the late '80s than I do early '80s. I didn't realize that this started in 1982. Yeah, so I was five years old, so obviously I didn't watch probably the first three or four seasons of this, but I do definitely remember like the last probably four seasons and into the late 80s or so. Uh, and probably like everyone else, I was a huge Alex P. Keaton fan. Yeah. I, th- I thought he was the coolest guy ever. And I, I guess I didn't realize like how much he influenced me, uh, just cause I, I have not watched Family Ties or thought about it in 30 years until this podcast. <laughs> and going back and watching it, like, you know how obsessed he is with like i mean he's like a, a republican he's like yeah. he's in all these like weird economic theories and things like that and he's raised by hippie parents and it's weird because like you know to this day i'm a registered republican so <laughs> cue the booze now from all your, all your fans <laughs> oh man i just lost all those listeners but no it's weird because like i you know i listen to like podcasts from economists like peter schiff and they, like things that alex b keaton would be into to this right, day right right so it's just interesting that like I don't know I feel like I kind of grew up a little bit like him but I didn't I didn't have like liberal hippie parents or anything like that but not that but, part but no I like that he was a TV hero that was he was like super hardworking and like but he wasn't nerdy he was he was the cool guy on right. the show but he was also but he also like, got good grades yeah but he got yeah really good grades <laughs> is he does he always wear a tie like oh yeah he always wears a tie okay I guess I just didn't remember that but I thought that was kind of funny he's yeah. always like he's always sharply dressed and... yeah and he's like smarter than his teachers and his parents right. and stuff like that so yeah so I I mean I I obviously love the show and I I guess I just didn't realize like I don't know how how interested I am in things that he is interested in which seems strange to me <laughs> well and you can see how the show quickly became about michael j fox's character you know i mean yeah i I think when it started it wasn't supposed to be his show it's supposed to be a family unit and then he sort of took the lead and And, and there's rumors that the actors who played the parents weren't too stoked on that yeah i I remember reading something about that too where they were kind of frustrated that he became the breakout star and then every show was about him and the parents just sort of were the sidekicks right and they're still funny and play a great part in it obviously but 
I think they were probably hoping to be more their vehicles to get, you know. Yeah. And I, I think I don't remember. I remember Mallory as being super ditzy, but I. Yeah, later seasons, she grows into that part a lot. Okay, because she didn't seem too ditzy. She just seemed like she was struggling in school in this episode or whatever. Yeah, as as it progresses. And I think think we'll see as we go through. It gets a little broader in the comedy. You know, I mean, it's still intelligently written, but there's a lot more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sha-la-la-la! All right, well, this is your chance uh, to shine on this episode. If you would be so kind to give us a description or a summary. Give us your summary of this episode. Okay, episode seven. What was it called again? It was called Big Brother is Watching. Big Brother is Watching. Okay, so the episode starts out, uh, Alex P. Keaton, or Alex P. Keaton. Alex P. Keaton. Uh, they're in their high school uh, newspaper room or whatever, and he's running for editor. And we find out that he's running unopposed, but he's super nervous about winning. Uh, and they make a funny little joke about how, um, you know, they, they ask his sister, well, who'd you vote for? And she's like, not him. And then the teacher announces with 26 votes, Alex P. Keaton. And with 17 votes, not him. So congratulations to Alex P. Keaton. So anyway, he becomes like the school newspaper editor and he's like super psyched to want his like big story. So he's looking for that angle. And he gets a hot tip from one of the nerdy guest star students that there's this, you know, secret scandal going on in the school where the principal knows about like 20 students that cheated on a test or they somehow got the answers and passed the test around. And the principal knows, but because their school gets the highest test grades, he doesn't want anyone to find out. So he's like burying it like this deep, dark secret. <laughs> um, so... Then I guess Alex decides, well, hey, we've got to get the story out there. And he ends up getting like the names of the students that do it. And he he writes this story, but then ends up the dilemma being that one of the students who cheated is his little sister, Mallory. So he's got that dilemma of like, what should he do? He confronts her on it. She obviously doesn't want him to do anything and is like, don't tell anybody. But then he decides that there's no greater standard of uh, or standard in journalism than truth. So he decides the truth has to come out no matter what. So he writes the story, gives it to the, I guess the teacher, right? He's the, yeah, he's the editor teacher. And the teacher compliments him on the story, says, Hey, it's great, but like, we can't print this. Like it'll upset the balance, (laughs) upset the dynamic of the school. So he can't do it. And then Alex is like, no, I'm doing it anyway. So he ends up publishing it. And then lo and behold, comes to school the next day. And they do that thing where everybody's in the yearbook room or I mean, in the newspaper room and they're looking at him all angsty and they all walk out the door right when he walks in. And he's he has the nerve to be like, what's going on? Like he pretends like he doesn't know. But obviously, so everybody's pissed about it. Um, none of which had any lines, though. So they're not. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. Right? none of them had any speaking Quietly part angry, except for yeah. the one student. Right. Yeah, so they all storm out, and uh, he's all frustrated by it. And then he comes home, and his parents find out about it. And then then there's sort of the balance where they think he kind of did the right thing, but they're upset that he embarrassed Mallory and all these other students. And they felt like, well, you could have told the story and gotten the truth out, but not have to expose anybody. And then... I think his dad kind of gives the speech about also having compassion in journalism, right. like truth plus compassion. Uh, and then they have their little dynamic about, you know, Nixon and Watergate and all that, which I thought was interesting because they both are like, obviously they're, they're super liberal. So they were super excited about Watergate and they, were, right. they make all these jokes about, you know, popping bottles of champagne and stuff. 
And Alex is like, well, where was your compassion for Nixon then? And they explain, they basically say something to the effect of, you know, he he mistook the trust of the American public. And then Alex B. Heaton goes, oh, well, that's just a matter of opinion, which I don't think that's a matter of opinion, right? Didn't I think it's pretty it's well, pretty well known that yeah. he lied like and was impeached and all that kind of stuff so yeah that was really weird I didn't but he defends that, right? nixon all throughout the show oh, he, okay because like, he's just because he's, he's a republican. republican right so okay. that's, that's kind of a running thing all right but it that's not really a matter of opinion i think everybody knows what happened yeah but i think it's pretty maybe yeah. it maybe it still was back then i don't know i don't know it was yeah. a long time ago uh so anyway that happens and then uh let's see he basically Oh, and then Mallory's whole thing is she's embarrassed of getting caught cheating, but then her sort of subplot is that she's tired of going through school where all the teachers know her as Alex B. Keaton's daughter, and she's obviously – or I mean sister. <laughs> sister yes, yeah, sister. Right. And she's obviously like not as smart as him, so that's kind of like messed with her you know, right. uh, self-esteem or whatever. So there's like that dynamic, and then basically Alex B. Keaton apologizes to her and – then he says he's going to help her, but then he kind of just walks yeah, out. Yeah, he tries to help her dumb. with math, and then she's, like, too dumb. So he kind of just, like, walks out of the room, and then that's pretty much it. Yeah. So. Also, like, Jennifer had a whole, like, a little story about a soccer ball. Because yeah. they were like, we got to give her something to do. Well, she was actually funny. Yeah. Like, I don't – I barely remember her being significant at all in, in from at least when I was watching. And she actually had probably the, some of the funniest parts. Yeah. She's – again, I think because she's the cute kid, they give her a lot of good lines. Yeah. And when she grew out of being, like, the cute little kid, then they brought in the new cute kid later on, which we'll get to in, you know, later seasons, obviously. Yeah. Now, speaking of the plot, we have to bring up that uh, we worked together on a film. We didn't write it, uh, but our our big student film that we made in college um, kind of had a very similar plot (laughs) to this episode. I almost want to call the writer of that and see if he ripped off this yeah, episode. like I feel like some of the lines even that were spoken were very similar. The basic plot, what it was called, deadline, and it was this story that um, the girl was writing for the newspaper, and there was an article she wanted to print, and the editor says no, you can't do you it, can't do it, and she's like, the people deserve the truth, <laughs> and she runs in and like winds up printing it out and passing it to people anyway. I mean, different subject matter, but the same exact conventions there. I don't know. It would be it would be interesting to see if maybe he was influenced there. He probably was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, don't look up Deadline, by the way, on uh, on YouTube because yeah. it's pretty bad. <laughs> you sh- you're way better off watching this episode of Family right. Ties. Yeah, than... just watch it again if you yeah, really need don't, another. Fix. Yeah, don't find it. It's terrible. All right, so we got a couple of guest stars that were in the show. Let's uh, let's talk about them real quick. First up, we had the student. Um, I think his name was Howie, who was the friend there. Mm-hmm. And um, his name was Andrew J. Letterer. And he, was, he wasn't he was in a whole lot of stuff, but we looked it up. This one is kind of the most fun. Uh, he was in This Is Spinal Tap, which yeah. is, I mean, an epic classic movie, of it's course. It's an absolute classic. I'm hoping everyone that listens to this has already seen this. If I'm you sure haven't, have. If you haven't, make sure you go watch it. Yeah, because it's really good. Yeah. Uh, apparently, he was a student promoter. I'm, I'm trying to, like picture it must have been one of the little shows they did at a school or something yeah or just somebody in one of the scenes in the background when they're talking to their record label or something yeah like it's, it couldn't have been like a big part because i'm I, not like picturing him in it it has to be a speaking part though if it has his name right so he has to have pretty something. much yeah i mean okay. i think that's usually i thought it was pretty 
crazy that he was the only student in all the classroom scenes that ever spoke a word right. like no other student spoke well they you know just, that they just didn't want to pay anyone else to have a line yeah. in the but scene it, but it feels really awkward like you couldn't get away with that in tv shows now right, right people right. would be like why is no one else talking it's <laughs> like, all quiet and even like the opening scene everyone else is silent in the whole classroom except the two of them yeah it's weird but you know i think we the audiences back then expected it differently because it was on a live stage. Yeah, that's it's, true. You know, it's kind of weird. It's it's definitely different than it is now. Are there even any laugh track sitcoms on anymore? I can't even think of the last one that was on was that the John Mulaney show tried to do that, but that got canceled. And that was definitely a laugh track and it was really awkward. What about the Big Bang Theory? I feel like that might I don't know. I haven't even really watched that I haven't show. Really either. <laughs> it's definitely a dying genre though. Yeah. Interesting. Well, okay. Then the other um, guest star was the teacher, uh, Mr. Winkler. This is his first of two appearances as Mr. Winkler on Family Ties. Uh, we found a couple cool things. He was in just about every single 80s show yeah, that he, there was, right? He made a good living in the 80s. He's been in every 80s TV show you can imagine. Yeah, like all of them. Um, but this one was really fun. He was actually in a made-for-TV movie of Doctor Strange... Like the Marvel character that we just had like a real movie come out of. He was Dr. Frank Taylor, chief of psychiatry in the Doctor Strange TV movie. Wasn't it like 1978 or oh, something? Oh, yeah. I didn't was, get the year copy down here. But I yeah. think it was 1978. So apparently, I mean, I didn't even know they made that back <laughs> then. So I kind of want to look that up now. Yeah, well, let's put it on your Netflix queue. And uh, what's her name? The the lady that was the, the with Morgan Le Fay in it was the mom or the, yeah, the mom from uh, Arrested Development. What's her name? Ooh. Oh, uh, Jessica Walters. Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting. We'll have to try to track that down. Um, and then also just one more thing of note. He was in a show called Del Vecchio, which I personally find <laughs> honoring. You're excited. About yeah. That I'm very one. excited about that one. <laughs> um, I, I knew that show existed, but I hadn't heard about it in a while. For those that don't know, Vecchio means old in Italian. So it's, it's around. You guys went to Italy. Yeah, and I took pictures of everything that said Vecchio, and you're like, well, yeah, it means old. Yeah, so, so it's so kind the, of everywhere. The old bridge, the old yep. building, like everything was something Vecchio. Yeah, so we're famous over there. <laughs> yeah. You guys own, like, all of Italy. Yeah, That's yeah, my crazy. family's huge in Italy. There are a lot of Vecchios um, outside of, you know, Southern California. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la! All right, so we had a couple of uh, references to uh, some things that people might not be aware of. I, I, You didn't get this one here, but they were talking about Watergate, and he mentioned Woodward and Bernstein. Yeah, were they like attorneys for Watergate or oh, something? Oh, that's good. Okay, so they were actually the journalists um, oh, that uncovered. the story. Right, they like investigated it, and they're the ones that went to um, publish you know, the actual information about it, and they were known their code name before they came out. This is kind of like, I won't go into why it was like connected to it, but they were called deep throat. Oh, that was like their code name. That's where that, that's where that comes from. And okay. other things we won't go yeah. into a family friendly <laughs> podcast, but that was like their cover name until it eventually came out that they were the ones that published it. So in the, in the early eighties, the average person knew who Woodward and Bernstein were. Cause yeah, I mean, it, it, there was a lot more because this was like the late 70s that that went down. So it was a lot more fresh, you know. Yeah. It would be like how, you know, people of our generation definitely would have known references to like people involved with the OJ trial, okay. you know, or whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever I think everyone point. in our generation knows Watergate, but how many do you think actually know Woodward and Bernstein? Probably a lot less, you know. 
Yeah. Um, there was also there's the all was all the president's men that was based that movie. Okay, kind of based on that story, and you know, obviously they're referred to in others. Anyway, so yeah, that was that one. Okay, another one that you came up with that you didn't recognize was Fink. Yeah, I mean, in context, I could tell what it meant, but right. like I've never heard anyone call someone a Fink. It's definitely an older word. Yeah, it's it expired like thirty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which, to be fair, this was like thirty years ago. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's an informer or a stool pigeon, which even that is an old word. So, um, it yeah. comes from the word Finch in, uh, in German, the German word for Finch. Yeah. And they also had next to it, a, a, a bigger phrase, which was rat fink, which, you know, you've heard in the gangster movies and they right. call someone a rat. It's kind of the same thing. Yeah. So, so yeah, that's what that was. But I've never heard anyone call someone a fink in real life. No, I, I think that's He's probably. He's a fink. Not not since the 20s. It just sounds like, a, yeah, like something in a detective movie. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then finally, they mentioned that the next door neighbor makes him listen to Lawrence Welk records. Mm-hmm. Probably a, a lot of people have heard of Lawrence Welk. I think most do. I mean, that's what like your grandparents listen to when they eat dinner. Or yeah. Lawrence Welk. But he also like did like some of the famous TV shows. You know, he like had his little orchestra with him. Oh, he did. So this, okay, that. maybe you don't know this. So. The Saturday Night Live sketch where um, Fred Armisen is playing like the piano and he has little girls that come out and they that, sing is that the based song. on him? That's based on Lawrence Welk oh. and that type of show. Like he had one of those evening shows and oh, and, I like, had, yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. That's that's based on Lawrence Welk. Wow! So there you go. Learn something new every day. Yes, you do. Uh, <laughs> the with the little tiny hands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kristen Wiig's little tiny. Hands. Yeah. All right. She's always like popping bubbles. <laughs> She uh she hosted SNL this week. I really I, I haven't watched it yet. It. I was gonna catch on Hulu. Sha-la-la-la. All right. Um, did you have any uh, quotes in the episode that stood out to you? Um, there there's a lot of like <laughs> things that barely passes jokes. Like they're <laughs> right. they're kind of like so when the uh, the teacher for the uh, newspaper like so- something happens where the last time he defied the principal. The principal made him. He said the principal made me teach teach sex ed to kids with behavioral problems, right. which is such a weird thing. And then he's like, "Can you imagine?" <laughs> he says, "Can you imagine trying to teach the bird and birds and bees with somebody throwing a hubcap at your head?" <laughs> it's like what? I don't yeah. know. So a lot, but they like they made that joke twice, didn't they? They said yeah. the same joke I twice. Don't care if he does make me teach I, sex, sex ed, ed to, to a bunch of behavioral problems, <laughs> yeah. Like, which is weird. Like I, just, I don't know. So there was that. I, I can't think of any other that offhand funny. that were like. Uh, well, two that I thought were really funny. One was um, the the student that did have a line. He says, "The cover up isn't the point. It's the people under the covers." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a pretty clever turn of phrase there. And then also, um, I love when Alex is arguing with Mallory about like you know he always gets straight A's, and she's like, "You got straight A's in sandbox." And he said, "You could have gotten straight A's in sandbox too if you just applied yourself." Yeah. No, those were funny. Th- there's there's definitely some good ones. Do do they always make short jokes about Alex Pekeaton? Yeah, they, because they he's had, the older brother, but she's taller than. Yeah, him. they did it twice where she was talking. Mallory was talking about how you know following him in school, and they're always like, "Wait, you're Alex older or Alex's younger?" And then she's doing this thing with her hand where she's putting her hand lower than <laughs> her height. And then she said something else at the end where he's like. You know, it takes a big man, to, or doesn't it take a big man to admit when he's wrong? And she's like, apparently not. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Sha-la-la-la. 
All right. Uh, what's the moral of this episode? Uh, well, I mean, they said it a couple times in just very blatant lines about, you know, truth and journalism, but it's truth with compassion yeah. because you don't want to hurt your own family members or people that, you know, may have something to lose by whatever it is that you're exposing. Yeah, this one definitely was a very like black and white. Like this is this is the message. This is the story we're getting across. Um, they also dealt with the cheating um, issue, and I thought it was interesting that they because uh, at first it kind of felt like they were going to let Mallory get away with it. Yeah, they didn't seem that concerned with her cheating. Yeah, they're like, well, we understand now, and there's going to be a consequence, but you know. Yeah, and at first I thought the whole, like, well, you don't know what it's like to be Alex's brother. I thought she was, like, playing that off as, like, oh, this will help me get out of it. Right. But then they carried with that, so it was like, oh, okay, no, she she actually feels that way. Yeah, whereas in the end, like, cheating is cheating. Like, that's that's a bummer. But um, you can't, like, buy a test and, oh, but she didn't pay for it. Because the guy, like, <laughs> had, the guy a had a crush on her, yeah. so she got it for free. Yeah. But that's also, like... Is it Stephen and Elise? Is that what the yeah. parents? But that's also sort of their like hippie background, isn't it? Like they're sort of that's like true, yeah. kind of like laxed parents where like they want you to do the right thing, but they're also sort of like, eh, yeah, find uh, your own truth. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a little bit of that. So yeah, I guess that that that's that comes through a lot. They're very well, they're hippies. Yeah, yeah, they're hippies. <laughs> I don't know. I think they're the reason I hate hippies. <laughs> yeah, I'm serious. This seri- show, right? I, no, I'm serious because, I, I mean, watching this show growing up, I always loved Alex B. Keaton. And obviously, like, his parents stood as the exact opposite right. of whatever he was. So they were almost, like, always, like, sort of the fun ruiners of the show. Right. And, the, you know, obviously, they play an important role. Like, the show doesn't work without them. But it's, like, weird how a show can do that to you where you can almost dislike someone who's playing – a role that kind of has to exist for you to like the other person. Right. But yeah. I, and to this day, I just have a hatred towards hippies. So I, <laughs> Poor hippies. I, I, don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it comes from that or if, yeah, they're always like, it seems like they're always trying to stop Alex from doing something. It's true. But see again, and I know you listened to the first episode. It's funny. Like you totally identify with Alex B. Keaton, like yeah. of the show, right? And you heard like my brother, yeah, who totally identifies around by right. it, yeah. And then when if you listen to the ones with my mom and dad, like they totally like feel for the parents, and they're like, oh, look how these kids are giving their parents a hard time. <laughs> so it's really interesting seeing who the different people identify with. Yeah, well, and it's also just where you are at the time of life when right. you're watching it too, right? Because my parents' whole thing was like, oh man, I remember having to deal with you when you were doing this nonsense in school, you know. And it's probably true. <laughs> yeah, but this I, what's weird is the stuff Alex does is always it's he's never in trouble for like behavioral things. It's always him trying to do too much, almost. right? Or these big moral quandaries, yeah, of, like, trying to decide, yeah, like journalism truths and that kind of thing. Yeah. Sha la la la. Cool. Well, uh, I think that's just about going to wrap it up here. So thank you so much, Jeff, for being here on the show. Hey, thank you. And uh, do you have any anything you want to promote while you're on the show? You got to do any plugs? Uh, no. Not, huh? <laughs> Nothing at all. Nothing really going. All right. Well, uh, I'll come back when I have something. To all right. Plug. Let us know. That? It's good. <laughs> good old Jeff Edwards. <laughs> Nothing, huh? <laughs> Nothing right now. No. 
I guess I just always have like 50 different websites going <laughs> that I feel like everyone's got to have something to plug. Right? I ha- I do have okay, I'll I'll plug something that I can't fully plug, Okay, but I do have something in the works that it's not totally finalized that I can't really talk about yet, but it is a feature-length film and it has people actual recognizable actors yeah. that are going to be starring in it that as soon as I can announce that I will. Um, but yeah, we have a film that's going into production. That I'm going to be a co-producer on. See, so, I knew there was something. Yeah, I just can't. There's nothing. Contracts aren't officially signed right, yet, right. so we've got to just kind of wait on that. But it's a really, really good project. And as soon as I can report, because uh, you'll know both the actors. Okay. Oh, I'm excited you'll, to you'll hear. Be pretty excited. They're actually like surprisingly big names. Well, and then you have an older movie that people could still watch. Oh, yeah. I guess I can promote that. that. Yeah. So um, I knew you had stuff. I I was an executive producer on a film called The Mooring. That's M-O-O-R-I-N-G. And it's a suspense thriller horror movie. Uh, It's a pretty interesting, pretty dark, though. So you got to be prepared for it. But uh, it's one of those, you know, group of girls end up going down the you know wrong path and find themselves in the woods being chased by a psycho. And you can Scary. you can't find that on Netflix. It was on Netflix for about a year, uh, but you can get it on iTunes if you want to rent it. It's, okay, it's really really good. It's still on iTunes, and uh, I'm sure you can rent it elsewhere. I, I don't know exactly where. Amazon probably. Amazon's right? probably right? probably on Amazon. So yeah, check that out. It's really good. You'll like it. Very cool. So it is good. It is scary. So I guess I did have some things to plug. See, I knew you did. They're just there's just older things, and then one that's not totally ready to plug. So yeah, but these people might not have heard of that. Even though it's older, so that's good. Um, Yeah, well, and also I just wanted to remind you, speaking of Amazon, if you want to follow along watching Family Ties with us, um, it is available for free with an Amazon Prime subscription. If you have a subscription, it's included. Um, So make sure that you are following along with that. Also, go to um, alexbkeatonismyfriend.com. You can like our Facebook page. Um, and also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher and all the fine places where your digital products are being distributed. Um, and I think that's about it. Thank you again, Jeff, for joining us. Thank you. Thank you, uh, listeners, for joining us. And we'll be back again next week with another very special episode of Alex B. Keaton is my friend. Woot woot. What would we do, baby, without What would we do, baby, without us? And there ain't no nothing we can love each other through. What would we do, baby, without us? This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BendUNetwork.com.